Welcome to the Empowering Midlife Wellness Podcast, where we talk about everything to do with midlife women's wellness and creating the best second half of life. I'm your host, Dr. Susan Hardwick-Smith. I'm a board-certified gynecologist, certified menopause practitioner and hormone replacement specialist, as well as an ICF-certified life and leadership coach and lots of other things. So if you want to check me out and learn about my private practice and other offerings, my website is www www.drsusan.com. That's D-R-S-U-S-A-N.com. It's my commitment to stay neutral by not accepting advertising dollars from sponsors. So all of these episodes are offered freely. And the best way that you can help this podcast is to share it with your friends, leave a positive review, and also keep in mind this is simultaneously posted in video format on YouTube, where you can find me by searching for Dr. Susan Hardwick-Smith. Today on Empowering Midlife Wellness, I'm digging into why it is that I do long distance triathlons and some of the lessons that I've learned about how to do hard things and build resilience and how that translates into how to have a better life outside of triathlon world, just in normal daily life. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. So people ask me quite often, why I keep doing long-distance triathlons. So I wanted to talk to you about that in the context of what it has to do with life in general, because I've been thinking about this a lot. Why is it that I keep doing long-distance triathlons? And it's actually got a lot less to do with the athletic achievement or anything to do with the race than just a practice ground for doing hard things. And why on earth would we want to do hard things on purpose? Well, I'm going to tell you how this works. So when we do hard things, we learn to have faith that we can achieve difficult things. So if we don't practice doing difficult things, how do we develop that trust in ourselves to know that we do have the strength and the resilience to do really difficult things? And I'm talking about real life things, not triathlons. I mean, triathlons are fun and they're a controlled way to experiment with these ideas. But the point of it I'm getting at is that when we practice doing hard things in a controlled environment, whatever that is, for me it might be a triathlon, for another person it might be something that's not athletic, it might be just uh, giving up smoking or losing weight or taking on learning to play the piano or a new language or anything that just feels really difficult. How do we go into that with the faith that we're going to be successful? Well, the only way that I know is by practicing doing it. So when I reflect on my life, and my life has by no means been perfect, oh my goodness, not even close, lots and lots of ups and downs. But what I see as a pattern is that I have been doing hard things for as long as I can remember. And in doing that over and over again, I have learned that I can succeed at hard things. There's not very much that you could put in front of me that would make me think I couldn't do it. And how is that? Well, that's just because I've got a long track record of being successful at doing hard things. So maybe you don't feel this way. Maybe you're someone who's feeling like, I really cannot do hard things. I, I don't have a track record of being successful at hard things. Well, you have to start somewhere. So start where you are. That's always a good piece of advice. 
and try something that feels a little bit outside of your comfort zone. I mean, being hard doesn't have to be an Ironman triathlon. It doesn't have to be anything that's really physically dangerous. It could be something that just pushes you a little bit out of your comfort zone. It could even be having a difficult conversation or any, anything that feels uncomfortable. But unless we push our edges, and by our edges I mean the boundaries in which we feel comfortable, unless we're pushing against those edges and constantly pushing them outward, and that is one way that I describe personal growth, is that constantly pushing the boundaries of what you feel comfortable outwards so that slowly we're becoming comfortable with more and more things, right? And the only way to do that that I know of is by trying it. So maybe you try something that's a little outside your comfort zone. When we were at our retreat a few weeks ago, we did country line dancing. That is so outside my comfort zone. I have no idea how to do that. But we had the best time because we were all laughing about just the comedy of doing something difficult that by nature of the fact that you're a beginner, you're not very good at first, right? So whenever we try something hard or something difficult that pushes out edges, we're not going to be an expert immediately. And it's really important in my experience to be comfortable being a beginner. In fact, there's a wonderful philosophy I love about keeping a beginner's mind no matter what we do. Because if we're a beginner, it's something we're always curious. We're always wondering what to learn next. We're always looking for information or asking for people's opinions. But when we're an expert at something, we think we know it all already. We're not open or curious to learn more. So being in that state of being a beginner, trying something new, maybe it's country line dancing, maybe it's doing a 5K, learning a new language, playing a musical instrument, having a difficult conversation, in my case, doing a long-distance triathlon, whatever that is, at first, we're not going to be an expert. And in doing so, we learn to be comfortable being a beginner and having that beginner's mind and keeping that mind of curiosity, right? So if we want to grow, and I'm just going to assume that everybody listening to this agrees that personal growth is a good thing. If we want to grow, we've got to keep pushing against those boundaries of where we feel comfortable. Okay, so if we agree on that principle, coming back to the question of why do I keep doing these long-distance triathlons? So now, and I'm not saying this to brag, I was just simply counting because it was sort of, I was wondering about how many have I really done? Uh, this past weekend, I did my 26th uh, half Ironman distance triathlon. And prior to that, I've done eight full distance triathlons. I think I'm done with that experiment now. Uh, that might be a little bit too hard and frankly, really dangerous and then lots of shorter ones, but the half Ironman length to me is hard enough that it gives me the experience that I'm going to describe in a moment, and not so hard that it takes all of my time and attention away from other things that I love and, frankly, puts me at risk of being injured or dying. So we need to draw a line, of course, and not uh, take on things that are, frankly, dangerous or take us away from other things that we love, but just hard enough, right? So there's this concept that you've probably heard of of being in flow. Being in a flow state is often described as being challenged enough that you're pushing against your boundaries, but not so much that you become incompetent. So you're, you're being pushed just enough, but not too much. Uh, so that state is sort of this wonderful state of growth where we feel amazing. And many of us have experienced that flow state during 
an athletic activity or during it doing art or playing music or something where we're really engaged, we're really doing our best and pushing against our boundaries, but not in such a way that it becomes unmanageable or just too difficult that we can't possibly achieve it. So we've got to find something in the middle. So let me tell you about my experience with triathlons, because that's where I find that space, and not to say that anyone else should do that. <laughs> There's a lot of other ways to find it. But I think it's a really good example of, of a hard thing, a hard thing that has taught me that I can do hard things, and that sometimes I fall down, I've had bike wrecks, I've had injuries, I've had all kinds of things happen, and I was able to come back from that, so that teaches us resilience. So I pretty much know in my heart that I'm going to be successful. I'll, I will finish the race one way or the other, or even if I'm not able to, I will still have learned lessons from the part that I was able to complete. So far, I've never had one that I didn't finish. Knock on wood, one day that will happen. Uh, but this particular race was interesting. It was in uh, Central Coast, California. Uh, swimming is not my bust uh, part of the event. It has a swim, bike, and run, and a triathlon. Um, I don't put much training into it, to be honest, so um, I'm not the fastest swimmer in the pack, let's say, and this was a really challenging swim because it was really, really cold. Uh, it was actually uh, under 60 degrees, which if, you're, if you've ever swum in open water, that's like freaking freezing. <laughs> so for me, my biggest fear was that the water was going to be cold, and so I didn't really care about any of the rest of it. I was just really had a lot of fear about swimming in this really cold water. I'm not afraid of sharks. I'm not worried about swimming in the ocean in general. I don't care about waves. I can swim in the ocean all day, but really cold water, my hands freeze. I have a condition called Raynaud syndrome, and my hands will simply lock up and be paralyzed, and it's really hard to swim when your hands are like this. <laughs> so I was kind of worried that somewhere in the middle I would not be able to swim and, you know, all, of, all the things that your mind might go to, like drowning and all the things, right? Well, this is a controlled environment. So if you're in the middle of a triathlon swim and you feel like you're drowning, someone's going to rescue you. They've got canoes everywhere and lots of support. So that being said, you're, you're going into an environment that's really scary because we're humans and we're scared of things that naturally sound scary. But in reality, it's actually really safe. So it's a very controlled environment with lots of support. It's extremely unlikely that anything bad will actually happen, but it feels very scary. And so it's walking into fear. So you're literally you're walking down this chute to get into the water, and it really does feel like walking into fear, which is a fantastic opportunity because so often we turn away from our fears, we don't face them. So in general, facing our fears is a really good idea. So this is a metaphor. It's a triathlon, right? You know, nothing bad's going to happen. But you get to experience all of these incredible, uh, like, sort of high-level uh, feelings that you don't normally get to touch in life unless there's real danger present. So, you know, walking into my fear, which is really cold water. I mean, nothing bad's going to happen, but worst thing is I might have to get pulled out, right? walking into my fear, and then I did the swim, and I got out, and yeah, my hands were frozen, and I had to sit for 15 minutes putting them in hot water, and everything turned out fine. So, so, so that's a really good example of how, you know, you're walking into something scary, you're able to succeed. Granted, it wasn't pretty, it wasn't fast. I did have to sit for 15 minutes afterwards with hand warmers and hot water, 
but I didn't die and I achieved the goal. Um, so one by one, little drop by drop, each time we do these difficult things, that neurological connection in our brain is continuously wired saying, yes, you can do hard things. Next time you know, if you're afraid of something, you know, given that it's reasonable, if you're afraid of something, chances are you're going to be successful. So one time after another of doing hard things, it becomes really deeply ingrained that this is possible. And then the rest of the race was, was equally challenging, but in different ways. So let me break it down a little bit more. I've got three things that I thought of, and I, this is what I think of when I'm on a long bike ride or a run and a triathlon, because it takes me you know, quite a number of hours to complete. So I've got plenty of time to reflect. And while I was doing this race, I was reflecting, as I often do, on why on earth I was doing it. And I, I thought of three really key things that I think are relevant to life in general. One of them is this amazing piece of advice that was quite widely published in triathlon world about the key elements to completing an Ironman race. And one of them was this very simple piece of advice, which is keep your mind in a box. And the scope of the box are things that you can control. Now, that might take a moment for you to process. So in, this, in the context of doing a race, keeping your mind in a box, the scope of the box being things that you can control, really is talking about just keeping your mind in the present. So for example, if you're doing a swim, keep your mind just to the next buoy, maybe, or just to the length of your hand, or whatever it is that you feel that you can control. Don't be thinking about worrying about the run or worrying about what's going to happen next or worrying about what happened before. If, if you're on the bike and you had a flat tire, don't worry about the time that you lost with the flat tire. Keep your mind in a box limited by what you can control. So for me on the swim, I was swimming from one buoy to the next, which are about 100 meters apart. So and they have numbers on them. So I go from one to two and then the next one. And so all that my mind could stay within was just that 100 meters. And if I kept reminding myself to do that when my mind went off to worrying about other things, I would just bring myself back to the present moment. If I'm on the bike, maybe it's getting to the next mile marker, or depending on how difficult it is, maybe getting to the next tree. <laughs> but keeping my mind in a box, the limits of which I can control. And at some points during the race, those became very, very small. Um, at the end of the run, I was really struggling, and I was literally, you know, going to the next lamppost. You know, just just one more, one more corner. Um, let's just run 100 more meters. So the scope of what we can control can become quite small. The point of that is keeping our mind in the present. So what's that got to do with real life? A lot. So if you're taking yourselves out of a triathlon world, because this is just a metaphor for life, right? If you're in a situation where something is feeling really difficult, keep your mind in a box. The scope of the box is only what you can control. And that is an amazing lesson. And I learned that lesson by doing triathlons. Now, you might learn that lesson doing other things, but who cares what happens on a triathlon? That's just a few hours of a day. What matters is the lessons that we learn during that activity that we can translate into our normal life. So if I can learn to keep my mind in a box, meaning stay in the present. That's just another way to say, bring yourself back to the present moment. It's such a point of freedom 
to be able to learn that lesson. I'm constantly coming back to that to keep our mind in the present within the things that we can control if we're doing something difficult. So that was lesson number one about why I do triathlons. Lesson number two is really fun. Um, and this is all about going back to gratitude practice, which I've talked about before. So so you're at some point during these difficult races, uh, things get really uncomfortable. Uh, you know, when I was really well trained and like a super fit athlete, I could do an Ironman race and really didn't ever get to being particularly uncomfortable. I, uh, but I'm not there anymore. Uh, so in the setting that I'm in now, at my age and with not too much training, you know, about halfway through the run, which is the last part of the race, it's getting really hard to feel good. And it's very easy for the mind to spin off into a negative place. And I see this happening with many other athletes. They're looking at the floor, they're walking and just, you know, seeming so down and so um, disenchanted with the whole situation. So when I see my mind going in that negative direction, to flip the story and start noticing everything that I'm grateful for. So I was doing that on this race and I actually started singing a little song about what I'm grateful for. So when I was starting to go to a negative place, I made up a song and the tune of it was to the um, I'm Too Sexy song. And I was singing, I'm so grateful for my shoes, so grateful for the clouds, so grateful for the water, so grateful. <laughs> That sounds crazy, but it completely changed my attitude. So every time I felt bad or down, I would flip the script and start doing a gratitude practice, and it turned into a little song. And it turns out there were so many things for me to be grateful for. I mean, just the fact that I'm physically able to do it. I, you know, I mentioned my shoes. I was grateful for the volunteers. I was grateful it was cloudy, so it wasn't too hot grateful for my lungs, grateful for the water and the volunteers. And you just can be overwhelmed with gratitude, as I spoke about a couple of weeks ago. If you can recognize when your mind's going in a negative place and just flip the script and sing a little gratitude song. <laughs> I don't know how that one popped in my head, but it just popped in and it seemed to work. I was literally doing that out loud. So anyone who ran by me probably thought I was completely nuts. And then I was smiling and it made me happy. And so for the second half of the race, I was high-fiving the little kids and you know, patting the dogs and talking to the volunteers and saying thank you to the policeman because I was in a state of gratitude. And that happened by recognizing that my mind was going in a negative direction and intentionally turning it around. So that's number two. The third thing that I noticed that can apply to anything in life is that no matter how uncomfortable or how much pain you're in, there's always at least one thing that feels okay, even if it's just your little toe. This is a similar practice to a gratitude practice, but slightly different flavor. Just imagine you're at the end of an Ironman race or whatever the situation is where you're just frankly in pain and it's very difficult to come up with a narrative that's positive because it just freaking hurts. It might be a heartbreak, it might be grief, it might be loss, it might be physical discomfort very difficult to come up with a positive narrative. And we don't want to ignore that the pain is there, but there's always a part that is not in pain. There's a really amazing meditation that I love by a very well-known Zen uh, meditation teacher, now deceased, named Thich Nhat Hanh. And the meditation was called, I don't have a toothache. 
So the instruction was just to sit and contemplate the fact that you don't have a toothache. No matter how bad things are, maybe your teeth don't hurt. So for me, while I was running, it's like, oh God, my legs hurt, my, this hurts, that hurts, like uh, this is not good, and your mind starts spiraling in a negative direction. Uh, I tried the gratitude song, maybe that's not working anymore. Can I focus on one part? Is there any part of your body or experience that feels okay? Maybe it's your little toe. Maybe it's the end of your nose, and focus on that. Because there's always some part of you that's okay, no matter what situation you're in. If you're in a concentration camp or in jail or being tortured or any of these horrendous things that have happened to many of the you know, really enlightened individuals that have inspired us throughout the years, one of the practices that many of them described was focusing on the part of you that is okay. Find a part of you that is okay and focus on that. And it might be just the pinky fingernail if things are really hitting the fan. But if we can do that, we, we come to an understanding that the story that everything is just going to hell in a handbasket is not exactly 100% true because my pinky fingernail is okay, right? And I, I, I know how hard it is to do that when things are really feeling desperately difficult. And, you know, this could be in a controlled environment like a an Ironman triathlon where you've literally created a desperately difficult situation for yourself. <laughs> Point of that is that it allows you to know some tools that you can use when really difficult situations happen in the real world. So I hope that makes sense. And for any of you who have asked me why on earth I've done so many long distance triathlons, <laughs> maybe that helps to answer it for you. So just to review my three lessons, Number one, when things are hard, or anytime actually, keep your mind in a box. The limits of the box are the things that you can control. Another way of saying that is bring yourself back to the present moment. Number two, when your mind spirals downward, flip the script and do a gratitude practice. You can always find something to be grateful for. No matter how bad things are, there is something to be grateful for. Turn it into a silly song like I did if that works for you. And number three, find just any part of your situation that feels okay. It doesn't have to feel great, but any part that just feels basically okay. I don't have a toothache. My pinky fingernail isn't hurting. And so these are the lessons that I've learned. I hope that helps you. We want to learn how to do hard things, to be resilient, and the only way that I know how to do that is to practice. So go do something today that's a little outside your comfort zone. doesn't have to be doing an Ironman triathlon. Maybe it's having a difficult conversation or picking up the piano or reading a book that you haven't finished for years or anything that pushes you a little outside of your comfort zone. Call an old friend. There's so many different ways to practice this. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you learned something. If you did, share it with your friends. And I can't wait to see you next week.